great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. And that's how I'm going to start this episode of Tennessee Froids Reading. I'm your host, Felicia Baxter. That is just a small excerpt from the iconic I Have a Dream speech. You can listen to it in its entirety. Um, I'll play snippets of it um, intermittently throughout um, the first part of this broadcast. Um, In this broadcast, I will reflect on what freedom actually means and the dream that um, Dr. King spoke of. I will be discussing um, several additions to my online um, service um, chatter books, um, as well as um, ending with a little bit of pop culture. Um, 2020 and Corona suck, and they've taken another great, but the delay in the announcement in his homegoing service is being felt by all. And I hope you enjoyed this episode, and as always, thank you for listening. we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. This nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, 
minds of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners? Will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood? I have a dream that one day, even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. My poor little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream. I can be, <clears throat> excuse me, only so... Um, I can only, uh, um, wish to ascertain the receptionist or saying those types of words that will, uh, be as encouraging as, um, Dr. King, because we do live in a time where he spoke about freedom and equality and that his children, although we are, they're older than me and I'm getting ready to turn 50 this year, but they are only living a piece of that dream. The dream that his father envisioned did foresee um, the likes of um, Representative um, John Lewis and Representative Elijah Cummings um, in their, in spite of the overt and covert bigotry, they are like me. I'm sitting in the shadow of Lookout Mountain, which he did speak of, um, sitting uh, in a, a, a community once divided by uh, racism and bigotry and was the seat of the Confederacy. We got lawmakers participating in that riot that um, attempt ever coup to overthrow democracy. I think um, he would be tickled that Warnock, Senator Warnock, who actually leads this church now, um, is a senator from Georgia. I don't think the equality and the um, justice for all of us has been realized um, to its fullest extent, but I think he would be pleased somewhat in some of the strides um, that we've made in the last 200, 400 years. But he also knows that um, there's still work to be done and there's still more that we can accomplish. Um, a lot of us are held back by our own self-doubt and also and also some of the uh, um, bars and shackles of a very equitable system. But if we learn the system and we work the system and we go into it knowing that um, it's rigged against us, instead of some of these unsubstantiated slights and rigged against the white or the right people, I think... Um, we can only go forward. I mean, we can only go up. Look at everything that's actually happened. 
you think you've fallen behind, you get knocked down, you get slapped around, but then you, you seize upon the opportunity and it's always being prepared to seize upon any opportunity, whether it is to go forward here or it's to go forward somewhere else. You can always, you have to be open to change in order to be able to receive the chain and to profit from it. That's just how it is. I think, um, He would be appalled at the willingness to cover up and downplay the attack on our democracy. People that still um, want to allow the ramblings of a madman and they are just wondering what is it going to do about freedom of the press and freedom, freedom of speech. Just because you can doesn't mean you can. You should say it. And you shouldn't be locked up to say something that's contrary to someone. But what we can't, what the freedom of speech does not protect you against is lying and also uh, hatred and also just the absurdity of it all. If they would actually read and, and have some discernment and understand what they are reading they would know that they it is not that the intent of that freedom of speech is not to prop up propaganda and stupidity it is for um integrity and honesty that is the basis and winning at all costs that's not a freedom of speech lying just to win that doesn't um it's not freedom that freedom of speech is not protected in that the only thing that you are protected against is being locked up like the dissident in Russia who came, who was poisoned, came back only to get arrested again because he is basically uh, pointing out um, the wrongness of that government. But when we say that you are inequipped to lead and you're only in it for yourself and to build your brand and you try to run the country like your failed business. Nah, we don't want that. You should not want that. And the people that are that actually support that, number one, you get hit in your pockets and you get um, penalized for being stupid and being lack of integrity and lack of honesty. That is what you that is the um, end game for these um, Trumpers. So with that said, I think history is going to judge all of these fools um, harshly. Um, there's going to be no way um, that you're going to be able to uh, cover this up. Um, I'm hopeful that it won't be whitewashed and just edited away. Um, we got the proof in the pudding and we got people like me that have capabilities to basically record a whole bunch of stuff live, um, completely unedited. So be very careful what you try to propagate is a version of the truth because we got people the unedited version of this era of history um, while it took place. And it's remarkable to me, you know, that Martin Luther King, J. Edgar Hoover looked at him as a communist and as a threat to the then uh, white supremacist United States. But we look back, he gets his own day where people like McCarthy and J. Edgar Hoover, their view now in history has judged them 
to be in the wrong as they were rightfully were. Wow. That's one for the books right there, right? of words, but I also know of the importance of sales. Um, I started Chatterbooks um, right not too long after we went on lockdown uh, from the pandemic, and it was actually kind of cool. I've always, once I moved back to Chattanooga, I um, or permanently to Chattanooga, I've always been looking at properties. I'm looking at properties for my home, but I also love like the um, indie bookstores. Um, the properties are basically old school. Some are close to South side or downtown off of broad. Um, and 
they're real cluttered, but it would be really, I thought it would be really cool to be able to not only own the building, but also to potentially live above it. That's why I love Nautilus, which is over there at the corner of, um, is it Frazier and Market? Um, that building would be perfect. Um, I've written a short story or started writing a short story about owning, being the owner of that building. Um, but, and it possibly probably is not in, it's not, it's a dream, but it may be a possibility one day. I don't know. Um, it would be great to be so profitable with my online store that I could actually, uh, have a uh, warehouse space to be able to store the books and, um, to ship them out, um, to people, but I'm not there yet. Just as it is truly a dream. Um, that's my dream. Um, being able to work where I live and love where I live. So that's the first for me. But um, as far as what I'm reading, um, I read, uh, and I basically get the Sunday New York Times. I used to get it to look at the travel section um, and styles, but with the pandemic, the weddings, large weddings with expensive dresses are, um, uh, are a show of opulence and are not deemed uh, prudent in this age of uh, self-quarantine and reduce our uh, restrictions on large gatherings. <clears throat> you don't want to be known as the super spreader event for a freaking wedding. But um, I still read um, at home, get great day, uh, weekly recipes from that, as well as I still read um, the book review. Um, and in this past weeks, um, I was very pleasantly surprised over um, these books as far as my additions to not only Chatterbooks, but also my uh, wish list on Alibris. Um, today, you actually get um, a large percentage off if you actually um, decide um, to... utilize um, the uh, promo code. Um, and if you basically bought all of these book um, and use, I wish they had been more socially attuned to, instead of using the King and Kong um, today as a promo code, big dummy, why didn't they? Because um, you can get $20 off if you have I wonder why they did that. It's a bit tone deaf. It really is. <sighs> On Martin Luther King Day, they actually have a, uh, um, the observance of the greatest black man. Why would you use um, the Kong reference on this of all days? I'm not going to be able to promote that. I'm actually going to have to delete that. I just, it just struck me, um, about how insensitive and stupid the usage of that coupon code is on today of all days. Why could they have used, um, King, um, and you could take, um, up to $20 off. I'm maybe going to probably delete all of that because I don't really understand the, um, significance of 
King Kong and why that of all days of that today. But it's neither here nor there. Um, the African-American struggle for freedom and civil rights is replete with dramatic and harrowing stories. I'm reading from The Unsung Revolution, how one telephone call had a lasting impact on American politics. This is from yesterday's uh, Times book review. Um, One of the most consequential of these stories is the subject of Nine Days, a compelling narrative written by the father and son team of Stephen and Paul Kendrick, co-authors of two previously books on two previous books on race, law, and politics. Um, I think the elder passed away not too long ago. But the story begins in mid-October 1960 with Martin Luther King's incarceration, his first in a Georgia jail cell, and ends three weeks later with John F. Kennedy's narrow victory over Richard M. Nixon in the most competitive presidential election of the 20th century. Kennedy's razor-thin triumph depended on several factors, ranging from his youthful charm to Mayor Richard J. Daley's ability to pad the Democratic vote in Chicago. But as the Kendricks Abley demonstrate one crucial factor in Kennedy's electoral success was a late surge of black voters into the Democratic column. In all likelihood, this surge represented the difference between victory and defeat in at least five swing states, including Illinois, Michigan, and New Jersey, ensuring Kennedy's comfortable margin, 303 to 219 in the Electoral College. The last minute shift was precipitated by two impulsive phone calls, one from John Kennedy to Coretta Scott King expressing his concern for her jail husband's safety. The second from the candidate's younger brother, Robert, to Oscar Mitchell, the Georgia judge overseeing King's incarceration. Arrested on two minor charges, participating in student-led sitting at Rich's store in Atlanta, and driving with the Alabama license after changing his residency to Georgia, King was thought to be in grave danger after a manacled late-night transfer from an Atlanta jail to a remote rural facility in clan-infested DeKalb County, and soon after, thereafter to the state's notorious maximum security prison in Reedsville. Why? He had two minor offenses, none of it adding up to a felony, but they sent him to Reedsville. Wow. Coretta King, panic-stricken that her husband might be murdered or even lynched, contacted Harris Wolford, a friend and longtime civil rights advocate working on Kennedy's campaign, along with Kennedy's brother-in-law, Sergeant Shriver, Maria Shriver's probably relative, and black journalist Lewis Martin, Wolfer was part of a campaign initiative charged with expanding the black vote for Kennedy by offsetting the senator's mediocre record on civil rights somehow without alienating the white South. On October 26, after consulting with Wolford, Shriver persuaded Kennedy to call Mrs. King. The conversation was brief, but the message was powerful. I know this must be very hard for you. I understand you're expecting a baby, and I just wanted you to know that I was thinking about you and Dr. King. If there's anything I can do to help, please, please feel free to call on me. When Bobby's Jack's campaign manager learned 
what happened. He was furious, fearing this was a liberal stunt that would destroy his brother's chance of winning the South. But after cooling down and realizing that the die was cast, he called Judge Mitchell to plead for King's release on bail. Mitchell agreed. King was soon released, and on the last Sunday before the election, the Kennedy campaign blanketed the nation's black churches with a flyer later known as the Blue Bomb. The choice was clear. The bright blue flyer insisted. No comment. Nixon versus a candidate with a heart. Senator Kennedy. With black ministers leading the way. Yeah. Kennedy won an estimate 68% of the black vote on election day, 7% higher than Adelaide Stevenson's showing in 1956. No brief review can do full justice to the Kendrick's masterly and often riveting account of King's ordeal and the 1960 October surprise that may have altered the course of modern American political history. Suffice it to say that any reader who navigates the many twists and turns and surprises in this complex tale will come away recognizing the power of historical contingency. That in itself uh, deserved... Um, a an entire a reading on its entirety simply because of where we are now this um election even though it was really not as hotly contested but how you run an honest campaign and this is how you get in there and it just brings to brings to fruition how very he was always, his life was always on the line, but even more so with his first jail. They, it was, a, the cards were stacked against him and they had been plotting his demise from the beginning of the civil rights movement. Um, I'm going to, this is probably one of the few books that I'm going to definitely try to get in heart, heart back uh, because I think it is a sign and is very familiar in the tone of it is very familiar to the tumultuous time of the 60s and to this homegrown tumultuous times uh, now in the 21st century. The only real only parallel is people that were truly oppressed are people that are make believe oppressed uh, sponsoring a revolution from what basically making because people are wanting them to evolve and they just don't want to. That's the bottom line. But this is going to be a very good read. I had a mixed feelings about Comey's new book, Saving Justice, um, Truth, Transparency, Just, because uh, James Comey mishandled um, the investigation of Hillary Clinton's um, email while she, I think she was the ambassador. And basically handed the presidency to that crust-hued um, lunatic. I think if you read The Unmaking of the President 2016 and his other book, A Higher Loyalty, Truth, Lies, and Leaderships, because the when they reviewed his current book, they basically drew parallels because it's very repetitive, but it's in a different context and taken as such, um, you can draw parallels and put it all into context and why this book is powerful. He's an upstanding guy, 
but we I'm still kind of t I'm still very ticked off at him for mishandling that and handing it over to that fool. I also um have added um Elizabeth Berg's story, the story of Arthur True Love, um the girl with seven names, a North Korean defector story, as well as the book woman of Troublesome Creek. This tripped me out because when I was reading an excerpt or summary of the book, they mentioned a true, this is, that book is based on the true blue skin people of Kentucky. The whole family Fugates actually had an autosomal recessive um, genetic disorder that caused them to be blue. Um, their blue colored skin was because of the accumulation of oxygen poor hemoglobin. Um, um, basically, um, tinting their skin, uh, ostrich or a Easter egg blue, um, the result of generations of inbreeding. When I was reading about a nephew marrying his aunt, I said, okay, good. I'm just going to finish up this post and keep it moving because that was just team too much for me, but it is going to be, uh, making Kim Richardson's book, an interesting read. And then I'm going to end on a bit of just general news and interest. Um, Aldolfo Shabadu Quinones, a hip hop dancer from Breaking and Breaking 2 fame, uh, was laid to rest today. He actually probably died of COVID escalation of his um, uh uh, coronary artery disease. And he actually died before the first of the year. He died, um, crap, he died December 30th. I didn't know that. Um, and they just had his funeral, um, today and it was, um, hybrid of online and, um, his only closest immediate family could actually attend the ceremony 17 days after he passed away. Um, COVID sucks, cancer sucks even more. So, um, I basically pulled up a clip of breaking two and I just realized about cultural appropriation and how they had some white girl with essentially dark face, uh, being in this crew of pop locking, um, street dancers when there are equally as talented and probably as curvy women as this little white chick. Why Hollywood, girl please, it gave me so many girl please movements. Um, Hollywood is so uh, racist and color struck. Even the authenticity of this street uh, tale, they could not risk having a beautiful black woman uh, play. It was 1984. They couldn't have, uh, some, uh, other street dancer who is actually black or Puerto Rican, uh, playing this role. What in the world? So they had to have this old, uh, white girl. I just can't. It's like having Kim Kardashian, uh, in for, and playing Whitney Houston. That is the dumbest shit you would ever see. And that's how I'm going to have to leave it. I'm just upset about the implications of this goofy white girl in breaking two. But at the same time, I don't want the sadness of, uh, 
Aldolfo Quinones um, passing is even more so. Um, he had posted that he was doing better, but then he probably had a heart attack um, because it, we're probably learning more and more that COVID um, accelerates, makes you hypercoagulable. That means you basically are will clot everywhere. And he could have had a stroke. He could have had a heart attack all um, because he was at risk um, due to his age. And he, I think he's Puerto Rican. And his uh, race that caused him to be more susceptible to that virus. So vi it's no joke. It's still killing people. Um, and it's still taking away um, the greats. Um, and he will sorely be missed. Um, Hip-hop as well as dance will sorely miss his contributions. And my condolences to his family. That's how I'm going to end today's episode of Tennessee Fro is Reading. I hope you enjoyed um, this episode as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Um, I did send a short <coughs> email to Alibris about their socially tone deaf uh, promo codes. Even in the short, smallest of details, you have to be cognizant of Look at, just try to read the room with all I ask people. Um, some people can't, so that's why they also need a bag of gummy penises. Navigate to shipabagaddicks.com forward slash jokes and use my promo code jokes <coughs> to get a percentage off of your order um, as well as Riders Block Coffee when you just need to be as alert as possible to take in all of the nonsense that basically surrounds us. I've definitely enjoyed creating this episode. I've enjoyed my time off being able to read uninterrupted. <clears throat> when you focus on music and creating positivity, you actually have the time to create, to do the creation. And that's why I endeavor to do every time I create one of these podcasts. Um, I hope you guys enjoy your day, and I hope you enjoyed this episode um, as much as I've enjoyed creating it, and until next time, bye.